You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, as always, here to talk with you about the wonder of the gridiron game and also the other game that is played uh, on high school football fields, usually. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by the Anchor app, as always, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your employment law, NIL, and HR business needs. Check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Let's get right into it with our first uh, assessment of the U.S. Men's National Team Gold Cup group stage performance with our good friends, Greg, uh, co-host, Kevin, and Ben. Uh, as an aside, Ben should, by the time you listen to this, have his half spaces.com uh, game assessment ratings up. We don't talk about those, but uh, go and check them out at halfspaces.com. So let's get right into it with that group. How's it going, Ben? It's going all right. Sitting on the porch in Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Uh, I... One time was near there, and I think I got a ticket. Okay, that's, good that's, memories then. Yeah, it's my experience in upstate New York. Is I I got a <laughs> like a pulled over for speeding once. Yeah, my uh, my wife's uh, parents retired and bought like Lakers out in the middle of nowhere out here, so they kind of oh, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, like there there are worse ways to spend your retirement than just not near anybody. <laughs> that's the goal, really, right? Yeah, I appreciate the sentiment. Um, so, uh, so while we're, uh, we're waiting for our co-hosts and friends to the extent that they're coming, uh, what are we drinking? Um, nothing at the moment. Had a Modelo during the game, but, uh, nothing at the moment. That's fair. Modelo seems like a, like a good, like, uh, game watching beer. Like it's like, yeah, it's I'm, like a fan. A... I'm a fan of the Mexican beers in general. I mean, I, I, I feel like as a U.S. men's national team focused ish podcast, 
like that like like i i have to sit here and be like no you have to drink american <laughs> beer but most like but like the stereotypical american beers are bad like <laughs> like bud light's not good i like yeah. bud light, i guess i mean i haven't yep. drank any of it in a while but you know yeah uh so okay so i i guess people come as they come uh hey we won cool yeah that's about what you can say about it <laughs> like it was like it was 20 seconds of a lot of fun and then <laughs> 89 minutes of sphincter tightening right i turned the game on we turned it on with like 12 seconds into the game and then all of a sudden we scored almost missed it yeah and then literally 89 minutes of just not having a good time yeah <laughs> How we doing, Coach? Do I actually missed the goal because I turned it on in the second minute? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's no way." Well, because I did the thing where like you turn it on on time, and Fox obviously starts late, so it's like, "Well, why bother turning it on, <laughs> or why right. bother paying attention?" As so I walked away for a minute, and I'm like, "There's something that's gonna happen the first couple of minutes." Yeah. And I walked back, and it was one nothing. I'm like, "Those bastards got me again." <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, Clinton Dempsey versus Ghana vibes. You don't really have time to enjoy it. Yeah, it was just like, ah, ah, and then just nothing good the rest of the time. Correct. Um, so, so, okay. So let's, let's, let's go through it with, uh, with immediate takes and whatnot. Um, Ben, what, what, what were your, what are your thoughts? Just like, I, beyond like, well, that sucked aside from winning. I I feel weird talking about it at this point because I don't feel like until you've watched it twice, your opinions are valid. That is, (laughs) that is true of us men's national team Twitter. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. It felt like the first 20, all right, so you know like, when you're watching like a football game and you're like, man, we're killing them. And at the end of the first quarter, it's like seven nothing. Yep. And you're like, I we, hope that, we are, hope, hope we that are doesn't come Ten back fans. to bite me. We are we are Big Ten fans. We are we are familiar with this. <laughs> yeah. So it felt like for the first 20, 25 minutes, like this is awesome. And then after that, it was not as awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so what, what about you, Greg? Since you watched a, a, a zero zero tie, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the defense still kind of looked like they were running around with their hair on fire for basically the, I guess the back half of the second or the back half of the first half, the second half of the first half, uh, and the midfield still, you know, struggling to struggling to stay together. When, uh, what time in the first half did, um, Zimmerman go off? Uh, we should look that up because that is a very relevant and interesting question. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if that, cause I mean, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised with um, Mr. Pines for a little while. And then then, very quickly not. Less pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So he he came off, Zimmerman came off in the the 15th. So that checks. Yeah. So maybe he was important to how we're playing in some kind of way. Might have to pay attention to that. Um, and so obviously we hope he's healthy, but so my, my takeaways, uh, sort of like, you know, high level is that, um, this team is not good enough to not play our best players. Like I, you know, when, when Zimmerman went off, it was like, okay, uh, that was one of the avenues through which good things happened uh, in, in the first two games was, was Walker Zimmerman sending the ball up the right channel and good things happened. Right. We've talked about before how little attacking threat this team really has. And when you take away like the, the catalyst for some of that attack, that's not going to help. Yeah. And so, so, and, and like Pines, like you said, like at first it was like, oh, okay. Like he, he's got some, he's got good, some good positioning, good movement, good stuff. And then Very it was tall. like, 
yep, very tall, looks the part. And then, you know, got a couple of at-bats and struck out four times. Oh. <laughs> Golden sombrero. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> you know, you ever watched a baseball team where a guy is so bad, you hope he strikes out so he doesn't ground into a double play? Uh, yes, you can at Tigers Miguel fans. Cabrera. <laughs> we're Tigers fans. Brandon Inge. Yeah. Yes. Brandon Inge. By the um, time, by the time, like Pines is on the ball in the sec- like in the seventieth minute, you're like, "Come on, man, just kick it, kick it long, kick it." <laughs> just please, please don't do the thing that we think you're gonna do. Kick um, it out of bounds. That's better than anything else. It's fine. Um, oh, hey, Kevin. Hey, how is everyone? <laughs> We're good. What 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 are we drinking? Uh, nothing. I had two beers for lunch yesterday, and keeping with the theme of my bug bites and antibiotics, I. had two drinks yesterday on these max antibiotic uh scripts and pretty much slept the rest of the day so i'm sober all right that was a fun way to experience whatever (laughs) that just was uh oh uh greg i forgot to ask you if you're drinking anything i'm not i want to i'm waiting to go get ice cream and i have to drive to it that's that's very responsible of you good job because i'm uh 14 years old yeah that's fine uh Okay, so so the the sort of the rapid reaction uh, portion of this is that um, Donovan Pines looks the part, is not the part. Uh, I think that that's like a fair assessment at this point. Yes, I think that's accurate. I think the other thing that we missed out on is we've talked about this with like Musa in particular, but. Other than when Hoppy subbed on, I didn't get really get the feeling that any of our midfield or attacking players could carry the ball mm-hmm. yeah. zone to zone. And either you're going to have to have some some Barcelona – all right, that's an exaggeration. It's Canada's press. Excuse me. <laughs> you're you're going to have – for 70 minutes of that game, we proved that we weren't quite up to the task of consistently passing out of – the pressure that Canada was applying, um, which is odd because actually I think Legette just his will he he wants to drop deep and connect, but it just didn't really work out well. The fact that we didn't have someone who could just poke the ball forward and take off running because I mean, if on the dribble you can break a press, um, really good things lay beyond that that first line of pressure. Right, that seemed to be crying out for Williamson. Yes, that was my exact thought. Was Williamson for players on this roster, other than Hoppy, who I continue to be surprised by? I, I think that the two of them are the only ones that really. It's one of those things. It's hard. It's like the way I would describe it is, uh, and you see Polisic do this a lot. You're running at a defender, but you're letting the ball like roll in front of you. It's just right. like rolling alongside of you, and you're taking almost like half steps waiting for them to lunge in so you can do something. And, and Hoppy does that quite a bit when he's running at players. It seems like the ball just kind of hangs along with him while he's thinking about where he wants to go. Um, and that was, I think, a really nice well, development. And I feel like I'm talking out of my rear end here because I haven't watched it again, but did Legit just seem like a beat slow? Yeah. Like, it, it would be like, wait, wait, we're go. Oh no, we're we're not. We're passing back. So, like so it just did, seemed like there was something there, and then he would play, not play it, or play it a half a second too late, and it wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's encapsulated uh, in the second half. I want to say like late in the second half, um, he he got a ball from I want to say Sands, who I do want to talk about in a minute because I thought that he was a bright point. Um, he 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 got a ball 
and went to play it back to Vines. Like after after doing that half turn and carrying and trying to see something forward, he tried to play it back to Vines and Vines had already taken off. And he just like like legit like looked at him like, where are you and why aren't you where you're supposed to be? And I don't know if Vines was supposed to take off. I, I don't know what the relative, you know, responsibilities were there. But like it, it, it was sort of emblematic of, of legit was not on the same page as the other 10 players. Um, so, so in terms of, you know, Kevin, you touched on it a little bit. Um, but in terms of bright spots, I thought, I thought Matthew Hoppy looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought that he was, he was active and, you know, Jassy's artist didn't do anything that I thought was particularly interesting. He, he had that one clear header that went wide. That was fine. So generally speaking, when you're going to play with a two striker setup, it's it's normally like a lot of times you see it, it's like it's like a big guy little guy routine or, or something like that or or you have players that do a good job facilitating and connecting with the guy next to him like uh Josie prime Josie is like a perfect example of this he could hold the ball up against anyone in CONCACAF no problem bring it into his body and he would lay off passes left right center yeah. no the problem. Josie Charlie Dave Josie Charlie Davies pairing the good old days yeah right <laughs> But neither DK or Zardes, nor Zardes, nor really. <laughs> not grammar podcast. Well, yeah, but if I said neither nor, it's like a double negative. I don't know. English is hard. Um, but, but all right, point being, neither of them really want to to take like a touch with their back to goal and then find like a slip pass or something clever. They both want to like run it on frame and and just kind of maul people that way. So I don't think that that pairing works. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, and, and it's weird because it's like, you know, there's, there's always this sort of this element in national team structures where it's like, you know, you only have so much time. You, you don't want to get too complicated with your system, blah, blah, blah. And this, this was the third different starting formation in three games, which, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann era aside is not what you want. Well, and playing a two man a, you know, a two man striker system here doesn't make a ton of sense to me because when you have the full team available, you're never going to play two strikers. No. So, I, I mean, playing it just felt odd. The only I could see where you don't, you could put Polisic up top next to somebody, but he's not really playing as a striker. It's right. It's really just like a, an, an extra advanced midfielder up there. I agree. I, I think that it was a weird tactical choice. And I think that we're making things. Greg, I don't know if you said it already, but you're trying to beat CONCACAF on hard. I think that this that that's an example <laughs> of um, of one of those things. I, I think you pick, yeah. and it's not like it isn't like oh, we have so many strikers, we can't get them all on the field. Like that's not where we're coming from with this. I mean, <laughs> with it, with 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 this this group, I mean, there are four strikers, there are four center well, forwards, yeah, and he's decided that two of that. them. <laughs> Right. No, no. It's, it's again, Greg Berhalter looking, looking around saying, we're all trying to figure out the guy who, who did this. Who did this. Yeah. I, I will say, I think that before the tournament, I'd say, oh yeah, Hop is an out and out striker. You can't put him anywhere else on the field. He is, he, I think you can legitimately play wide, especially given the, his peers on this team. And he can look very good doing that. I think he's actually very versatile. I think mm-hmm. that you could play Hoppy across the entire front line i wouldn't even hate to see him if you in a weird way dropped in as like an attacking midfielder he just seems to have way more ideas on the ball and is way more confident with that with it at his feet than most right i think the 
I think to get on the field though, he has to do, he has to put in more defensively. I think maybe that's why he didn't get the start. I don't think Greg trusts him to track back and play defense the way he had, he had a great defensive sequence uh, late in that game, obviously late because he only came out in the 75th minute, but he was like in the box and took it off someone. Um, Again, this, this is, this is the problem with doing it immediately after. I don't remember what minute nor when. I don't even remember this event. So I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was like, it was, it was like uh, obviously down the, down the uh, attacking right side for Canada. um, And he just like took the ball off someone. Um, and then carried it and then got it taken off of him because he, he has like a certain sort of confidence that I really respect, but also like, dude, you're not going to dribble out of three people. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. What yeah. Is, I, I mean, remember, wouldn't I you have confidence if you came from Shulka? Like the only way to go no. is up. <laughs> well, it's like, like a certain like level of like, um, I, I, like maybe it's like, he was like, I showed up in the Bundesliga, scored three goals and was the best striker on my team. For a team that was in the Champions League recently, I am the best striker of all time. Not that <laughs> that team. <laughs> like it, it could, it, I, I can see that thought process. I don't agree with it, but I see it. To or go it's a different, more di- false bravado. Like, listen, nothing can, nothing could be worse. Let's just fuck it. Let's do a live. <laughs> to, uh, to go a different direction here, I will say that I feel like this was much more Miles Robinson's um, type of game. Like, I don't think if you want to you know, control possession, shift the ball around. That doesn't seem to be his thing, but like cover that guy, stop him from scoring. He yeah. was all over that today. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I think he's going to come up pretty well when I, when I do the grades. Yeah. yeah I thought, he I thought, seemed, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was just going to say like, he seemed like very, very in control. Um, and maybe some of that was playing next to the golden retriever. That is Don Donovan Pines. Um, <laughs> but like he, he seemed like very kind and, and it's funny because like, it's like, um, you know, like you have to fill the role that's there. And it's like Miles Robinson never had to be the leader of the back line because Walker Zimmerman was always on the field. That's fine. And then suddenly it was like, okay, Miles Robinson, you're 22 Donovan Pines. You're not supposed to be here. And James Sands, you're look like you're 14. I assume he's like 20. Um, well, I don't remember what minute it was, but there was one point, I think in the second half, where Canada had kind of like a 1v1 break against him, and he was like, no chance, son, and like just took the ball, dri- dribbled it, and like dribbled away with it. Yeah, and, and like it's, it's really nice to see because we are sort of, you know, beyond John Brooks and as far as I'm concerned, Chris Richards, like we are looking for who are those other guys. And, if, and, and uh, Miles Robinson has been playing on the left this entire tournament, so if he's the second left center back like cool great like that's that's a good thing to have settled because the sort of the secondary the secondary concern of this gold cup is obviously like first concern try to win the thing but second concern is like okay we need people who can play roles on the senior a team kevin what did you think of vines i thought he was pretty good defensively again caveat haven't watched it back yet but didn't have much offense what did you think of him as far as like a rapids fan perspective yeah, i was purposely not gonna even say that word this entire podcast <laughs> you did it for me. come on rapids man uh, rapidly. i i do i mean i haven't rewatched, and i don't know if i will but there there are one or two instances one in particular that, that kind of stick out in my head that that vines you know got stuck on stuck in on a tackle and won it back um and like I said, I don't know, however many podcasts ago, that was like the first thing that made Sam Vines kind of made his name in MLS was him and marking Vela out of a game. He should be able to defend 
Kyle Aaron. Most players <laughs> in CONCACAF. I mean, no, if, if, if somehow Alfonso Davies is lined up and running at him, not that he plays on the right-hand side, but that, you know, that would be a problem. But I think, uh, I think he did a good job. I, I think that uh, bottom line, and I mean, we didn't look great doing it, but at a certain point, you just need a, a certain floor for the level of competency that your players are going to play with. And you're not going to lose to very many teams in CONCACAF as long as your players are competent. <laughs> um, Speaking of competent players, let's talk pretty briefly here about um, what happened in the midfield there. Um, so what midfield, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, so like, I think it's it's like the the Busio, um encouragement party that's been going on. I think maybe we we pump the brakes for a second. Um, I didn't think he looked bad, uh, but that midfield in total, Legat, Acosta, and Busio, I thought were um, not good. Um, and so you know, like it, it not everything is Jackson Ewell's fault. And this, like today, was sort of like an example of that. Agreed. Well, in in any formation, like there's going to be space. So if you looked at like the way we lined up today, it was like a pretty flat five, and then a three, and then a two. So like if you just kind of picture it, the space is going to be outside of those three. So it seemed like a lot of times it was just whoever was on that side, either Legette on one side or uh, Acosta on the other being overloaded by two or three Canadian attackers. So like, I don't know, but it just didn't seem at some point, like, I don't know, they need some help somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is sort of why I'm, I'm, and this is going to get technical in a way that I don't really want to do, but like, this is my big issue with having one set of wingers wide. So like a three, five, two, five, three, two, whatever. Um, you only have one person out wide on each side, as opposed to a normal setup. You know, for America, four three three, you have two sets of people who are responsible for that channel. Um, with a three five two or a five three two, you have one person responsible for that channel, and so people get pulled out of where they're they're used to being. Right, and Canada spent a ton of time in that space, like in front of whatever you know, next to the in front of the five or next to the three. But to be honest, like, did they have a good scoring chance? Like, I guess Tejan, yeah, Tejan, however you say that guy. He curled Tejan? one just wide. Yeah, that Buchanan. was Buchanan. Buchanan. That, but other yeah, than Buchanan that, Buchanan just barely missed. Buchanan that, had that one, and then uh, Matt Turner had a nice save where he came out out of goal. Oh, that's right, on the right side there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It wasn't like we were getting pulled apart and there were runners in behind and we were getting yeah. chipped and flicked over. But they 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 got in a half dozen too many quality crosses, in my opinion, like, this game. Because eventually, like, you can't keep whipping in halfway decent balls from wide without something bad happening. When the XG comes out for this game, does either team hit one? <laughs> um. <laughs> See, see, I, I actually think yes, because of the um, Arsenal under Mikel Arteta effect. If you cross <laughs> enough balls in, 
you you just like rack up XG. Well, isn't right. XG based on shot attempts though? No, so there's so there's a uh, there's SG, wait there's XG and then PSXG. I don't remember. I I, I, I think like like if if you get enough crosses in, like you can game XG essentially, um, which is how Arteta still has a job at Arsenal. But um, so what what the 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 other things that we want I wanted to talk about. So what does everybody think about James Sands sort of going forward? He played as far to my eyes. He played as a, a six today. He did he did not play as part of a like in in attack in defense. He was he was dropped deep like you talked about, but in attack he was he was advanced of the two center backs. Um, and I thought he did a good job. I thought that I thought that he 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 was able to sort of command that space in a way that um, we're not necessarily used to. I think I agree, and I think he may have suffered the most with Zimmerman being out. Because I remember him being really good for the fir- part of the first half, and then not as good after that. So I don't know. I'm gonna. I I don't know. I like him. I I do actually remember one point where like he was chasing somebody on the break and clearly couldn't catch him. Yep. So there 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 is going to be some athletic um, limitation there, but I I, I like him. I, I think I might like him more as a center back than as a D mid. But I don't know. I don't know. I want to watch again before I have a, a, a real opinion. Yeah. What, what about Sans? you, Kevin and Greg? I was say, Sands is the one that went down with the cramp, though, right? Uh, yes. Was it so, a cramp or a cramp? I think, I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think it was a conca cramp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. so that's, I, I was going to say, like, that might be indicative of the athleticism, but it also could just be I got beat and I need a reason that I got beat. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he, I, I generally, I can't really add much more than Ben did. I, I agree with Ben. I think that he looked uh, good at times, and he's definitely somebody that I want to, uh, you know, keep seeing, keep seeing more of. I think that he's a good. I'm still not I mean, given. All right, the roster that we have right now, I don't think that you can get away from playing a three-man back line because you have to get two plus strikers basically on the field, and playing a traditional four-three-three would be tough. I think that he's he he's probably a nice situational piece where you can sub him on if you're up a goal or two and trying to kill something off late, and then you're going to a five man back line. Um, just because you do get that passing versatility out of him, versus just bringing on like a true out and out pure center back who's just going to keep you know heading stuff out for for corners and just booting it up the field. Um, it's a little more so, nuanced, so, but yeah. So 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 my my view of him as sort of the backup six is not that he would be playing the six. It's that like your options are Tyler Adams as a six and we play a four three three or James Sands as part of a three four three. What about Jackson Ewell? Uh, we we love him and we hope that he's very very successful. That wasn't a serious. That was a serious question. You don't have to actually address it. <laughs> um, but like so like that's that's to me like I think that there's like um like like a depth chart issue where people think that that it's like oh well you know, next man up, but it's like, no, it's not really next man up because that's the problem that got us to, in fact, Jackson Yule. Like instead you can just play someone in a different position that does more or less the same thing. Speaking of next man up, can we just mention real quick that someone who is clearly up and ready for the, for a call up is Mr. Josie Altador scoring a goal last night for Toronto FC. We're not doing this. We're oh, not yeah, doing we this. Are. We're not doing that. <laughs> hey, so, you, hey, if you're playing, you play DK and Josie up top. Now you've got a big guy, little guy duo. I'm not. I'm that would that would crush. How many have goals you, have you guys, 
against Cuba, the two of those would score. <laughs> have, have you guys seen? I'm assuming you guys have seen the How I Met Your Mother crazy hot scale. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like Josie Altador has drifted too far to the crazy hot portion yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. You guys uh, don't have any imagination. <laughs> um, it's the of, idea um, of Josie Altador. That's the real sexy. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's funny that that um, twice this MLS season we've had um, enigmatic strikers go head to head with managers, and then those managers lose their job within like a week because uh, Atlanta fired their coach today. Justifiably and, so. Yep. Yeah. And, what and, a mess. And so the the answer of uh, b- between the question of would we rather have a coach or Joseph Martinez um, was answered properly. <laughs> yes. Correct. Um, and you the rumored with, replaced. With, Rumored replacement is Frank DeBoer. Yep. <laughs> or or Tata. When when Mexico loses El Salvador tonight and then gets bounced out in the next round by like Costa Rica or whoever it is, maybe Tata will go back to Atlanta. Uh, I mean, we, at what at what point does the front office start taking some heat? That's been a disaster never. for a while. Never. <laughs> yeah, because they, they keep getting named coaches. <laughs> yeah, man. Frank DeBoer. Let's go. He's good. It, it 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 not to not to totally derail, but it is wild how they they ca- they came in so hot and shined so bright in those first few years, and then they sold Almiron, and Tata left, and that's been they, it. Well, somebody sent out a tweet today saying you've gone from like Tata to Heinza, you've gone from uh, Darling to Nagmi to Hindman. Dang me to Heinemann. You've gone for like it's just you've downgraded at every position. Yeah, like at a certain point, those things catch up with you. Yeah, um, and the, the one thing they've held on to the whole time has been Barco, which I think is sunk money at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sunk cost fallacy personified. Um, so I think the the so let's let's just uh briefly because I don't. Well, I guess we'll we'll be able to talk about like a pure preview once we know it. But um, we're we avoided the side of the bracket with uh, if Jamaica wins Jamaica and if Mexico wins Mexico. But both of them are currently um, in second due to uh, goal differential. <laughs> so, like, despite all of that, we might end up in the same bracket as Jamaica and Mexico, anyways. Wonderful. Well, uh, and at some point, like, I want to win the gold cup, but like. Who really cares? You have to play them eventually. I, you just need to see these guys against Mexico. So whether yeah. you see them in the semi or the final, you just need to learn. Can any, can any, like, honestly, if you learn from this gold cup that Sands, Robinson, and Hoppy are guys that could play against decent competition, we're like, okay, fine. Like, we'll take the lesson. Uh, yeah. And so, okay. So uh, I think the only other uh, question that we have here is, um, why didn't Jassy's artist score a goal today? Because he always scores. So what 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 did we miss here? Nobody no ball, kicked it directly no in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke. No ball in his buttock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's, it's not much to do about that. But um, well, all right. Okay. In seriousness, like like I was saying, I, DK can't lay off to him, and Zarda scores like ninety nine percent of his stuff running in on frame. And after those first 20 minutes, to your point, Dave said, we didn't really have control of the flanks. We didn't have additional wide players to, to get up the field and, and push balls in to the, into the six-yard box that well. So what was yeah. he going to uh, do? He's, he's very limited if he has to collect the ball 30 yards from goal and play one-twos. 
Well, and Reggie Cannon clearly saw a goal of the tournament in his imagination at one point. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh, did, that was, did that not was quite my, execute. That was that was like the 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 uh the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat in one like one attempted strike. He's like like he could hear the music like dun 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 It's <laughs> <laughs> like what what? Well, you know when you go to the driving range, you actually like shank one off like the wall next to you and you like look around to see if anybody <laughs> noticed. <laughs> uh okay, so so just to be clear here, Reggie Cannon, guy who shanks the ball off of the side of the wall at the driving range. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out? Completely free. Completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrett. Who, who I assume listens. Do, do we have confirmation that Greg Burhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, that's incredibly wrong. Um, But, you know, people listen to our our podcast and they they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. (laughs) Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right, our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos... Could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. 
Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I, uh, I'm on day seven of being sick. I was about to ask, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, see, the, the, the wonder of modern medicine is, though, that uh, I, I am on antibiotics. So that's nice. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what, what I'm hoping is that somehow this gets into, like, I, like I, I don't know that anti like like anti antibiotics Instagram. Uh yeah, great. Let's start a fight with the anti vaxxers. I mean, they don't like us anyways. I assume. I don't know. Have we have we ever said anything pro vax? Uh, I don't think so. But I, I just yeah, want to I mean, go, go on record now as pro vaccine. <laughs> yeah, pro vaccine. Get vaccinated. Fuck nuts. I don't want to be sitting inside for another winter. Uh, yeah. Welcome, John. Hey, friends. How are you? Uh, you missed our foray into, uh, science, I guess? Anti-anti-vaccination? Oh, well, you know I love a good foray. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, okay, so we're talking about, uh, the Spartans, the defense, uh, and such. Um, so, so just to, uh, to preview the discussion, um, this defense and last year's defense are going to be very different than the D'Antonio era defenses um, because uh, D'Antonio stopped recruiting talent in like 2017. Um, So most of the players starting on this defense, I don't know about most, a lot of the players starting on this defense didn't play for Michigan state last year. That's good. Yeah. There is, there is a bit of uh, excitement to a lack of continuity in that sense. I feel like as MSU fans for the last decade, 15 years or so, we've, we've been kind of trained to, to see what the next best thing is, you know, understand the hype. You, you follow them through their playing time over the course of two, three years until they eventually emerge. And this year, this year, it's just kind of a grab bag. It's a lot of brand new names, brand new positions, even. Uh, So, in a sense, that's exciting. In a sense, it's absolutely terrifying, Asa. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm personally pretty stoked about the idea that, um, like, but it's weird, right? Like, it's like usually it's like okay, uh, like you said, like it's like okay, uh, let's talk about Noah Harvey. Noah Harvey, okay, well, he came in three star, good, learned under a Bulla or a Panshuk or a or a Bocce because, and then uh, is ready to step in and be the thumping, but unfortunately a little bit slow inside linebacker great whereas now um we're like okay who's our who's our our linebacker 
Quaveras Crouch. Okay, he's a five star. Okay, why? What? What do we do? What? He's 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 fast and also talented. What? How do we deal with that? Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of those instances where we're not quite sure with what we're dealing with until we're probably two or three games, and and hopefully our season isn't completely off the rails by then. Um, you got to be hopeful that hooking all of our players up to sensors and advanced analytics and and telling them that they can't just stand still and need to be hitting people whenever they're uh, in order to look busy. Uh, I think we can see some advantages there. Uh, and I think linebacker is probably one of those defensive positions that I am a little nervous about. Uh, the good news is, is we only need to figure out two spots, uh, unlike some schools, which need to figure out four. Uh, but I think that's going to be one where we're, we're going to see a lot of Quiveris Crouch. I think uh, we may end up seeing uh, Ma'agai Otete, some Ben Van Sumer in. I think we'll see some new faces. I don't necessarily know if uh, Noah Harvey is is the full-time guy. I think he'll certainly return as a starter, but I think we're going to have some new faces at the linebacker position. Yeah. And and I, I just think, like, can you imagine wanting to have four linebackers? I mean, I, I would never have more than two. Never. No, never. Not in today's not in today's sport. Also, I'm I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and if nothing else, uh, Michigan State has some phenomenal defensive names. Uh, and like, let's go through that. Game. Let's go through that because Quaverius Crouch on its own. Quaverius is a great first name, in my personal opinion. But uh, John, you're gonna have to help me with this pronunciation because I you just said his name. Oh, uh, I I don't think I did that right though. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I think that's the winner here. Ma I, I Ma uh, Gauteote seemed yeah. phonetic enough. Ma yep. uh, Gao or Gao? I would guess Gao, Gauteote. Gauteote. All right. Uh, Ma. I think just Ma. Uh, and, but we also have some very solid nicknames among the newcomers as well, right? You have uh, Octavian Tank Brown coming Tank in Brown. from Minnesota. Right. Uh, Tank Brown just flows off the tongue. Uh, and we also have some really good uh, cornerback newcomer names, right? Our Chester Kimbrough or Mikhail Lowry <laughs> Jr. How is Chester Kimbrough not the bad guy in an 80s movie who is like the rich kid who goes to the country club? The jury is, is still out. How is he a first of his name and not like the fifth? <laughs> Chester Kimbrough the fifth. Yeah. You would have to imagine that there have been one or two Chester Kimbroughs before him. There's no way there hasn't been. Uh, Sleeper for me is Darius Snow. It's a little, it's it's very simple, but I feel like uh, as we get deeper into the calendar year, Snow might come out to play a little bit. Uh, Yeah. Well, and as the son of Eric Snow, the good news is we can recycle a lot of shit from the 90s. Uh, Ice and Fire. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of those puns will ever go bad. Um, well, they've they've been kept on ice. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, much like Saved by the Bell, we're just bringing back the '90s here, boys. Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Uh, uh, which I think is a good segue into what we can expect from the defense at one point this year, which is Kelly green uniforms and oversized football pads. Dude, I hope so. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if we actually got the Harlan Barnett's? Yeah, the the bank sticks. <laughs> like I, you know, and that was actually something. And like we didn't obviously we didn't talk about it at the time because this podcast didn't exist yet. Um, 
but I really loved that Mel Tucker was like a uh, was like a kid playing NCAA football where he just refused to have the same jersey twice. Yeah, that's it's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it's such a good and it, it's such a good recruiting tool just because it gives somebody the ability to like imagine themselves wearing so many different helmets and I was gonna say hats, but uh, I mean it, that works it, too. Like, and also I. Is Mel Tucker like the swaggiest head football coach right now? Uh, he's I'm not saying like best because like <laughs> Nick Saban can walk into any living room in the world in the country and drop down you know seven rings or whatever. But he, the man has no swag. Mel Tucker just like drips swag in anything he does. It, it's a good point, Greg. And and when you notice the the confidence coming from this program right now, it's definitely the. The confidence of a team that won two games last year against undefeated top 10 teams and not the confidence of a team that only won two games total. Uh, They are going into every single recruiting battle uh, with the intention that they know either one, exactly what you're looking for in a school or two, exactly how to play the NLI rules to their advantage in order to make it a convincing argument. And I think we're seeing that, uh, that new, right, the 2020 recruiting rules uh, playing to our advantage in a, in a way in which our old coaching staff, which it felt like had to frequently have things like emails explained to them, uh, <laughs> didn't have that modernity that, that allowed us to go into these battles with confidence. Uh, I'm just saying that, um, you know, it's funny, like, I, I, I spent so much time thinking about him. Who is the dude who looked like a walrus, who is the former offensive coordinator? Oh, Jim Bowman. Jim Bowman. Uh, I can't imagine Jim Bowman going into a... Well, there's a very good... Let me stop you really quick, Asa, and just say that there's a very good reason why Jim Bowman looks like a walrus, and it was because he was indeed half walrus. Uh, On on his mother's side, or was he he like halakhically walrus? Oh, no, it was was on his father's side. His his father was a walrus. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right, so so Jim Bowman, walrus. cannot go into a room and be like hey what if i told you that you can make thirty thousand dollars by coming to michigan state because we have uh connections with el oasis which does not sponsor this podcast but should um so so i think that that that's like a a a big part and in terms of the the swagginess of mel tucker i'm not aware of another coach in the country uh that has like air jordan wednesdays right like Uh, Where's Air Jordan's as a matter of routine and not just because he's in a photo opportunity? Lane. <laughs> Dude, I don't think Lane Kiffin owns shoes other than um than like the shoes he wears on the sidelines that are pr- provided by Nike and Sperry's. Yeah, no, that's that's probably about right. He, uh, he- he does have those that one pair of Nike boat shoes that you've seen at a Nordstrom Rack discount sale, and you're not quite sure if you could pull off. Uh, Lane Kiffin is the one wearing the Nike boat shoes. Lane Kiffin has never seen a pair of shoes and said, I can't pull these off. Yeah. Um, so in terms of so, – so going just going through the defense real quick, um, the people returning who I think that we're sort of excited about, um, Jacob Hedshuk post-COVID hopefully will – get back to to who we thought he was um you know but but in terms of the defensive ends you know there's a lot to be excited about and some things not to be excited about you know drew jordan and and michael fletcher both you know look the part both of them are like big end rushers who can probably get to the quarterback and drew beasley is also back wearing a wide receiver number Mm -hmm. 
Because he's allowed to. Um, I think uh, one name on the defensive line you left out, who's probably the, the single player on this defense, who I think I'm most excited about and, and who I'm hoping can can come back this year with a, with a vengeance, is Jalen Hunt. Yeah, I think absolutely. we saw a lot of really good flashes from him over the, the course of the last two seasons after kind of cooing him from Iowa at the last minute. And I think that's going to be a player that that I could see some really big things coming from in this year, kind of like a, a drill worthy clog in the middle kind of player. So, 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 and, and since I am a big fan of numerology, I mean, dude's wearing 99 as a nose tackle. That's huge. That's oh huge. yeah. I think it does add a few inches on each side of, of your neutral zone. Oh. It just makes you a very hard person to move. You can't go higher as a number. They won't let you. It uh, is so the it's biggest. a very intimidating thing. Until we're allowed a triple-digit number, it's it's about as high of a number as you're allowed to have. Do we think do we think that a nose tackle wearing double zeros is in any way attractive, and is that allowed? I think uh, uh, the nose tackle wearing double zeros thing when uh, always kind of plays into a villain role, uh, either like a longest yard style. Uh, uh, warden kind of player or otherwise like uh, the bad the bad guy team in the water boy I feel like that's what you're dealing with when you're a double zero as opposed to the 99 which is like you want that that's a heroic number 99 is a heroic number I think uh, uh, I think double zero on a nose tackle would work kind of to what John was saying about the 99 though I think a double zero would make him just look wider uh if nothing else, because it's not a skinny number, so it would kind of—I mean, you can you can call him villainous if you want to, but at least he's a wide villain. A wide villain. That's a good point, Greg. I didn't consider the wideness of those two numbers. And 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 the width of double zeros. Um, it you know it 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 matters. It matters. You, you're not gonna just, you're not gonna. Uh, all I'm saying is that if you're scheming on offense, you're not gonna single block a double zero. Right. True. You're gonna need to throw two numbers at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, there's, I think there's an implied one in the double zero. So it's like, what, you're going to cover it a hundred with a, with a 55? Come on, get out of here. Um, so, so we, we, we touched a little bit on the secondary um, because this is an in-depth uh, preview. Um, so it, it appears that the news out of uh, the Red Cedar message board is that Angelo Gross is no longer a cornerback. He's a free safety or a field safety, I guess as opposed to the box safety, which is, which is Xavier Henderson. Um, so, so what are you guys looking forward to on the, uh, on the back line? Uh, learning a whole bunch of new names. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this is probably the biggest question mark of, of any position we have, not just on the defense, but probably across the entire roster. Um, and especially when you're one proven commodity there is moving to secondary you're looking at a Kalan Gervin and uh, everyone else. Uh, and so who knows? Maybe it is our friend Chester. Maybe it is a, a Kari Crump, a Mikhail Lowry. Uh, bringing in uh, Ronald Williams is an exciting move out of Alabama. Um, and who knows? Maybe it's going to be uh, a true freshman, a Charles Brantley or uh, an Antoine Booth uh, who's coming on campus later this month and, and has some potential to, uh, to uh, make some noise in the secondary. And I think that that's like, that's the crazy thing is that like, think about like, in the D'Antonio era, really, you know, outside of the the two times that they started a true freshman, which would be Josiah Scott and Angela Gross. No, wait, who's the other true freshman who started before Josiah Scott? Um, 
It's a good question. <laughs> Maybe it was just Josiah Scott. Um, so, so outside of the, of that scenario, like usually it's like okay, like this dude was the the third defensive back, and then he and then he moved in, and then he's a junior, and it's fine and it's good, whatever. Um, oh, it was it was um, it was Darquez Denard was the other true. He was a redshirt freshman, though I thought. Oh, okay. Him and, him and Trey Waynes both played as redshirt freshmen, right? Um, and played significant minutes, but I I think yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fine. So the the only times that we've had like like I I can think of like having transfers step in and start. Um, it it was it went really bad. It was uh Kevin Williams as a defensive tackle, uh, in the year that we don't talk about. Um, that was not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't think of any other day one transfer starters, but here I think we're looking at. Uh, four at least three yeah it'll it'll be at least four i would guess i mean it i, I guess it depends if, if you think that drew jordan is a starter at, at defensive yeah end. i mean there will be a lot of position battles that'll matter but then uh, the reality is is we're probably looking on our first couple of drives probably five or six right yeah. in, in the two deep so uh that's a lot of new a lot of new players a lot of new faces just thankfully they're they're on campus and they're practicing. It's it's not just one very large Zoom video chat that they need to come up to speed on. They actually get to meet their coaches in person and, and touch real footballs with it. So hopefully that'll work to our advantage this offseason. Also, uh, the first couple of drives, we had to face the powerhouse offense of Northwestern. Oh, God. You know, it's it's funny. I actually, it's it's it, it, this could be a situation in which... Um, like the D'Antonio era killed us in terms of like my confidence against Northwestern because like D'Antonio's defense was specifically designed not to deal with a Northwestern like Northwestern's like bullshit throw the ball 50 times but two yards per pass yeah. D'Antonio's defense was like yeah fine cool do it and then they did but it appears that Mel Tucker's defense is like no 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 fuck you we're not doing that we're not doing that at all um CEG last year. Uh so I'm 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 not I'm not as concerned about Northwestern as I, I probably would have been under D'Antonio, which was always like a oh good, we're going to three overtimes. Great. No, well, I mean three over I think three overtimes is still a legitimate possibility, but it's not gonna be anything scoring wise. No, I don't I mean Northwestern offense last year, did they even do anything? This game could end up being 15-12 with Coglin hitting five field goals. Dude, we should we should be so lucky. <laughs> Well, and, and it's a Friday night going yep. into a uh, Labor Day weekend in Evanston. So that is, uh, having played that game in a late November rainstorm, it was already looking more than 50% MSU fans. So assuming everyone hasn't already gone up to the, the cabin or the cottage for the weekend, uh, and, they, and they're willing to push it off until Saturday, I could see that one having a bit of a home field advantage for the Spartans even. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it's always, it's always fun to play games in Evanston because I think, uh, and, and one of our, one of our correspondents here, uh, spent extensive amounts of time in the Chicago-ish area. Um, but Evanston is not a well-populated area. Uh, No, it is, it is not, but it is, it's right off the, I think it's the red line or, uh, whatever the red line turns into. It's a pretty easy train ride up there, so. All yeah. of the Chicago era or area Spartans can easily make their way up there. Well, and, and the players always love a game in Evanston. One, because it's close enough that a lot of their friends and families can play. But two, 
the stadium experience reminds them of playing in high school. And I think that they really enjoy kind of getting back to their roots. They can forget about the tens and hundreds and thousands of fans. They can really just focus on them and maybe 15, 1600 other fans in attendance and, and really get back to their fundamentals and their basics and have fun with it. Right. Some and of those, some of those Georgia boys might be reminiscing middle school. that. Uh, Georgia, high yeah, the Pop Warner experience, yeah. Yeah. So, so Uh, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I I think the defense is going to have plenty of time to figure it out, with the exception of Miami. That that's like, yeah, that's like saying like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how the the play went great. (laughs) Well, but you we never you never know what Miami's going to bring to the table. Either they're going to be a firepower offense, and we're going to get torched. Or they're going to have complete dysfunction in the quarterback, and this game could end up being an easy win. Well, it's Derek King, so they're not going to have dysfunction. Oh, no. Okay, that one's not going to go well. Uh, yeah. Other than that, though, the next best offense we play is, I think, Indiana. When All you- right. It's not yeah. Nebraska. Fuck you, Scott Frost. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous, Greg, that, that we are setting ourselves up for another year where – uh, when you are watching the first round of the NFL draft, you are noticing a lot of familiar faces. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, they're familiar because all of their highlight videos are against the MSU defense. Yeah, that's um, not fun. The one, the one advantage, though, as you mentioned earlier, is that we will wear a new uniform every week. So perhaps not everyone will notice it is the same players getting torched week in and week out. And, it, and, and it's like a... It's, I, I feel like the gold standard of that was um, was the Brady Quinn draft because he kept dropping, so they kept showing his highlights. Like, <laughs> yeah, why isn't he going? And it was the same three highlights against, like, I want to say Chris Rucker. Um, yeah, those uh, those were um, some rough years. That two thousand and six uh, Brady Quinn game. They just showed those highlights over and over oh. and over again. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, like that's it's not even like, oh man, he was really torching a good Michigan State secondary. That was John L. Smith era defense. No, yeah, that that was uh, no amount of no amount of Drew Stanton magic that game could could uh, could undo the, uh, the things that Brady Quinn was doing to that secondary. Not fun. Uh, so I guess because uh, of the conventions of previews, um, the special teams preview is the same as the defense preview. Uh, so uh, do we know who our punter is? Um, I, I don't think we do. I think it, it last year it was Bryce Berenger. We were supposed to have a, an Australian and then we had, we were supposed to have another Aussie and neither of them I think worked out. And then we got a transfer from somewhere. Right. Uh, I, I think it's supposed to be Bryce Berenger. Yeah. According is, to the as of today, our, our punter. Um, okay. But I, I think that's probably outside of the secondary and area where, where there's a lot of question marks, but, the one good news, uh, Matt Coughlin, perhaps most surprisingly, has done better with uh, the NLI than any other player on MSU and, and is probably competitive countrywide. He is really leaning into this thing. And, and for uh, just a kid from Cincy, maybe five foot eight, uh, I appreciate the effort. And, and, and he's, what's nice about him is that he's like, he's done what, what pretty much every Michigan State specialist has done and, and like created their own brand. But like, none of the previous brand creators were able to do anything. Like, can you imagine what Michael Geiger would have done for the windmill industry? 
<laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I think if Michael Geiger had also been allowed to stay for seven and a half years, he could have done some <laughs> really interesting things around his personal brand. Yeah. yeah you uh, guys hear, heard it here first. Michael Geiger was a big fan of off, offshore windmill uh, farming. Uh, he's, he's, he's a big the fan of... He's he's a big fan of alternative energy, um, because uh, you know who isn't uh, BP. Because wait, was that BP who opened up the Hellmouth in the Gulf? I uh, shell, shell. Great. Uh, okay. Well, we. Uh, I'll tell you what. Shell Corporation, uh, especially the board. I know that it is uh, a common occurrence at your board meetings to play this podcast. Um, if you want to, uh, to sponsor us, we won't say shitty things about you and how you're ruining the golf. And we'll keep the windmill farm language to a, a minimum. I'm also looking at this, and uh, there's another great name here, not to come back to that well, but uh, Hank Pepper, starting long snapper. Uh, and also potential linebacker. That's the, that, I think that was the funniest recruit of this last year. Um, That's not good <laughs> no, no like he like like they recruited him along as a long snapper he's like he's a high level long snapper and then like midway through the season it was like wait a minute he's like the best linebacker in arizona um so so get excited for that potential um of 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 hank pepper uh entirety special teams maven so uh is there anything else we we, we got to talk about on this uh on the defense special teams preview no, I think uh, I think we we discussed uh, the entirety of it. Uh, one area we didn't get a chance to talk about is that uh, Scotty Hazelton is uh, the bright spot here, uh, and and a lot of uncertainty around this defense. It's nice to know that you have a defensive coordinator who is a certifiably insane man. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and I I got to just say, um, is there a better beard? Do we have a better beard? Um, no, I don't think we do. Um, at least not yet. Um, I didn't know Ted, uh, Ted Gilmore was growing a beard that looked pretty cool. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's got a great beard going, but I think, I think a defensive coordinator beard, um, you know, it's, it's what we always lacked in the, in the, uh, Pat Narduzzi and Mike Tressel defensive coordinator eras. Mm -hmm. Um, they just didn't have good beards. I'm not convinced Pat Narduzzi can grow facial hair. Uh, I, I, I want to make a joke about, uh, him going for three and, and Schick Quattro, but I don't have that ability yet. Uh, the internet tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. That was a pretty quick, uh, letdown. Well, as always, uh, you know, we try our best. The effort's there. The effort is always there. Thank you to our guests for joining us. Uh, ben, who you can find at BL Herald on Twitter or at halfspaces.com. Check out his review and ratings for the U.S. Men's National Team game against Canada, uh, which should be up by the time this is posted or very shortly after. Um, Kevin, who you can't find on Twitter because he's not there. Uh, and Jonathan, who has like five different Twitter accounts, so I'm not really sure which one he'd like me to promote. Um, you can find all of them and more. We retweet uh, those folks often um, at our Twitter account, at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, um, where we're talking football, foot, football, uh, soccer, etc. 
um, whatever comes up. So, you know, follow us, add us. We will answer or not, depending on the content of what you add us with. Um, we don't have an Instagram. We're working on it. We'll get that up and running shortly. Um, and please uh, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, etc. on wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Um, we really appreciate it. And special thank you to you, the listener. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.